to my immune system hates me. I'm Chelsea, and today I'm talking with one of my best friends, Emily. Much like with an autoimmune disease, Emily has to manage her anxiety on a daily basis, and she gets by with a little help from a very special friend. Hi, Emily. Welcome to My Immune System Hates Me. How's it going? Well, how are you doing? I'm so good. Okay, so you are, you're my friend. Um, (laughs) We like went to high school together and we've been BFFs. You now live in Hawaii. You. Maui. Yep. How is it over there? Is it really hot today? All the time. Every day. It's hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? All right. Like Chelsea said, I have known her for ages and ages. Grew up in Canada together. We both decided to take on the world, mostly America. And so she's my little immigrant buddy. I've lived all over the U.S., went to grad school in the U.S., and now I work and live on Maui with my husband and my dog and my cat. That's it? That's that's what you want to share? There's not much more to me. I mean, I work and I complain. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, I go to the beach when I feel like it. I try to go as often as I can, but I burn all the time. So I try to just stay indoors. You can tell I live on Maui because you can hear chickens in the background. (laughs) I don't know if you can pick up on the chickens, but we have chickens like you wouldn't believe. Obviously, this podcast is called My Immune System Hates Me because my immune system does hate me. You, however, do not have an autoimmune disease. What's, What's up with you? What you got going on? Yeah, it's a little different. I suffer from anxiety and panic attacks. So started when I was 22, 23, and I could not figure out what was wrong with me. And you remember me back at that time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was in a terrible relationship and I was working way too much and going to school. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't catch my breath. And I thought that I was dying. Thankfully, I have my sister who also suffers from it. So she kind of explained what her symptoms were. So I could at the time say, okay, this might, might just be a panic attack. I might not actually be dying. So it happened once and then it happened again. And then at one point I was having upwards of eight panic attacks a day. A day? Eight panic attacks a day. I just could not stop panicking. So finally, I went to the doctor, and I absolutely hate going to the doctor more than anything. I have such bad white coat syndrome. They have to take my blood pressure three or four times because sometimes they're actually convinced that I'm having a heart attack because it's just such like high blood pressure from going in. So finally go in, and the doctor also thought it was strange that I was having eight panic attacks a day. That's really, that's a lot. You can't function on that. So she said... First things first, let's cut out caffeine, sugar, and alcohol, because those can be triggers for some people. So that day, I stopped all three, and she said, slowly introduce one thing at a time, and we'll see what the trigger is for you. So cut out all three, and I was still having the panic attacks, but I think a lot of it had to do with I was so afraid of having another panic attack that I would work myself into a panic attack. Wow. Uh, And so she also mentioned exercise, but I was already exercising a lot. So that was another thing that kind of worried her because usually when a person is exercising, they're less likely to have these kind of episodes of just multiple panic attacks. So 
kept up with the ex- actually increased the exercise, uh, cut everything out, and I was still it wasn't great. So I was working in an office job, and every 45 minutes to an hour, I'd have to get up and go for a walk because I could feel a panic attack coming on. Uh, the doctor also prescribed me with lorazepam, which is kind of like an emergency sedative. Wow. I, she gave me these like quick dissolve tablets. I stuck it under my tongue and then I was useless. Like once I took one, it calms everything down. Right. But it also makes it very hard to focus, very hard to think clearly, and you just kind of want to go to sleep. So I tried to avoid using that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's hard on your body. And for her, my doctor, her biggest concern was how many panic attacks I was having. It's a lot of stress on your heart mm. because everything is just kind of amplified. And she said, you need to calm yourself down right away because you're just in this constant state of anxiety and it will increase your blood pressure and it increases your stress levels and it puts all this bad energy in you and around you. So she said, you need to just lock it down real quick. Wow. Any questions so far on my? No, you're doing great. Adventure? I'm like, <gasps> I'm like captivated. <laughs> What's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I cut out all three, that was really hard because I was drinking 12 cups of coffee a day. Well, no. Oh yeah. I'd make a pot and finish it, <laughs> but I was working two jobs. Right. And I was also working in the restaurant industry. So obviously after your shift, you go out and you party and then you got to wake up the next day to go to work. So you need that constant boost Mm -hmm. all the time. So cutting out all three, I was a monster (laughs) because, you know, the sugar, you get addicted to it. So I cut out the sugar and the caffeine. I had raging headaches all the time and the alcohol was also not great. But when I finally kind of got into a rhythm and I was maybe only having one or two panic attacks a day. Then I said, okay, let's try to reintroduce one of them. And I introduced, uh, what did I, I think I introduced alcohol first, mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately had a panic attack. Really? Like, mm, okay. Nope. Well, but I had a, what did I have? It might've been like a Mike's heart or mm. Smirnoff, like something that was sugary. Right. I didn't even think about the fact that there was sugar in this drink. Mm-hmm. So I said, nope, not doing that again. So kept it all out. And then I ended my relationship. That was not great. And just kind of started working on myself and it got a lot better. I hated taking the pill so much that I learned I had to find a way to control it naturally mm-hmm. and really listen to what my body was telling me. Because if I knew the signs of a panic attack, I could try my best to control it in ways that didn't lead me to take that pill that knocked me out. Right. So the pill was kind of my enemy, but also my savior. (laughs) And I refused to go on to a daily pill because there are so many side effects to them and it's so hit or miss. And sometimes the symptoms are worse than actually having the panic attack or the anxiety. So I thought, let's just try it on my own. So that's what I did for a a long time. It was a lot of trial and error of things that worked and things that didn't work. So I know my triggers now, but I still will have anxious nights. I haven't had a proper panic attack in, oh gosh, probably a year and seven months now. Oh, wow. I've had my real panic attack where I thought I was going to die. 
can you pinpoint exactly what it was that was sending you into the attacks? So it's sugar. Processed sugar will get me going like nothing else. Coffee and caffeine in general, I have to limit, but it won't cause me to have a panic attack. I'll just feel really anxious. Okay. And the alcohol is fine. <laughs> Great. That's the important part. The alcohol is good. That's the one I was worried about the most. <laughs> I can have natural sugars. So for example, with my coffee, I have honey. When I bake, I try to use honey or maple syrup. I can have fruit. Fruit is okay. It, but if it's whiter brown sugar, if I have too much of it, I can start to feel it. And then I need to you know, start working on making myself feel better. <laughs> How much is too much? It's hard to say. Like I can have a cupcake and I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But if throughout the day I've had something sweet for breakfast or I've had, you know, maybe I've had a mocha with my breakfast and then I have something for lunch and then at dinner we order dessert, then I'm a mess. Right. So it, I haven't quite figured out like the grams, mm. but I can tell I can have a cupcake, but I can't have two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you don't like flying. And so you, you, what is Charlie certified as a, like a, not a guide dog. What is Charlie now? So Charlie is my emotional support animal. So it's a little bit different than a service animal because they're not, so service animals have to be trained. They have to be certified for an emotional support animal. A lot of the time you just have to have a conversation with your doctor about it. And you have to have a history of panic attacks and anxiety. So when I fly with him, each airline is a little bit different, but I get a letter signed by my doctor saying, yes, this, this animal helps uh, calm her. And I used to bring him to class with me when I was in grad school. Mm. My union at work has now approved that he can come with me to work. So it's not that I, I can't function without him, but he is one of the things that really helps manage my anxiety. Mm. And so when I fly... I'm flying out on Wednesday and I'm already anxious about it. I'm stressed. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I've upped my exercise and he's coming with me. So he'll fly in the plane with me. But again, every airline is different. So the airline I'm flying with, I have to sign a form saying that I'm responsible for this animal. I signed another form that says if he destroys the plane, I'm responsible for it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third that's signed by my physician acknowledging that I have, a, I need him to fly. Yeah. So it's kind of tedious, but thankfully there are some airlines that are a lot better to work with, especially flying to and from Hawaii because mm. Hawaii is rabies free. So there's extra steps to that, but he's really wonderful on planes. And I, I really, it's changed the way that I travel. Yeah. So I don't need to, you know, pop pills before I fly and then kind of wake up at the end feeling completely disoriented. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess you can't like strap him into a seatbelt, but does he feel, you know how like sometimes your ears pop and stuff? Can you tell if that happens to him too when he's up there? Well, he hates takeoff and landing, which is funny because I hate it too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when we're flying, he's he doesn't really even notice. So one flight, because he's flown with me quite a bit. So one flight, I was flying on my own with him. I had to use a restroom. And so I told him to stay. So he stayed at my seat and I went up and used the restroom. And then I came back and he was just sitting there happy to see me. But thankfully I was close enough so that he could see what room I went into. Okay. Um, otherwise he will follow and sit in front of the door. Oh. But again, 
every airline I fly, I've flown with, they have been so understanding. There was another flight that I was on and there was a mix up. And so I wound up being bumped up to first class, which is amazing. <laughs> and so I was up front and the gentleman beside me, he was, he was just really wonderful. And I try to be so accommodating and say like, oh, like, is this okay? Like, please let me know if you're uncomfortable. Um, this is Charlie. And like, I usually have treats too, that if the person wants, they can feed him treats so that, you know, smart, they're cool. But in first class, this guy reclined his seat. So there was a, a little spot underneath. And so Charlie crawled underneath this guy's chair uh-huh. and the blanket, he, the, the guy, again, he was so sweet. He covered Charlie. So he had his little cave, like underneath this guy's oh. seat. <laughs> this is okay. He's like, I love dogs. This is great. No problem. Aww. So Charlie got to sleep under this guy's reclined seat the whole flight. <laughs> so he was like really feeling that first class life. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny too, because we were flying from, we were actually flying to move to Maui. And so my husband, he had the cat and he was stuck in coach and he was in the middle seat with this cat and our cat is 20 pounds he's not a small cat and he was screaming the whole flight so (laughs) i'm up in first class getting drinks and a full meal and spoiling charlie meanwhile gershom is packed in this huge plane full of people with a cat that's screaming (laughs) the whole time that's that coach life though you know that's the difference yeah that is that coach that is a rough (laughs) life i tell you but we've also had some not so great experiences flying too, not so much with Charlie, but with people that were flying beside. So we are flying on one flight and I was in the middle seat, unfortunately. And so Char, and this is in coach, him and I are in coach. So he's in between and you know how small that is. And my dog is 55 pounds. Mm. So I'm sitting cross-legged kind of bunched up and Charlie's curled up around. And again, like the people on either side of me were really, understanding and nice but the one lady was plastered completely drunk and so she pulled out of her bag ravioli and she kept trying to feed charlie these cold ravioli (laughs) and i just had to keep telling her i i appreciate it but please stop trying to feed my dog i don't know what's in those i don't want him to get sick she's like oh no it's fine it's just filled with cheese and i was like again i don't care yeah i can't have you my dog because if he gets sick I'm responsible for whatever happens on this plane so she got very mad (laughs) but thankfully she kept ordering cocktails and eventually passed out so (laughs) that was a rough (laughs) one so so now it's been over a year and a half since you've had any panic attacks do you feel like it's been a real challenge to like monitor that sugar intake and stay on top of your panic attacks or now are you used to it and this is this is easy now No, it's still really hard because while sugar is one of the main triggers, it's also stress-induced. So again, I'm flying out on Wednesday. So this week has been a really stressful week. So I've had to actively monitor everything so closely so that I don't have a panic attack again. And even my anxiety levels, it makes it hard to focus on things. So it might not be a full-on panic attack, but when you're anxious, you're not thinking clearly. You can't prioritize things. It's really hard to talk yourself down when you're really anxious and it spills over into everything else. So you may not be able to sleep. And when you're sleep deprived, you're more anxious. You're more likely to have a panic attack. So 
Right. It really trickles down into all these other aspects of your life and you're just trying to control one thing, but you feel like everything is out of control. Mm -hmm. So the sugar, yes, it's a trigger, but so is stress. Yeah. Especially stress relating to travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're talking to me at a good time because yesterday I woke up feeling just so stressed out, so anxious. So what did I do yesterday? I went for a swim and then I went for a mile and a half walk. And then I went to the gym and worked out for another hour. Wow. (laughs) Do you, so then I guess like if you go on vacation or something, are you even able to relax when you're there? Or are you thinking about your flight back home? No, I can usually relax when I'm there usually, but again, it depends on whether or not I'm flying alone. Mm. Because on this trip, I'm flying with my husband and he can help with a lot of those things. So one thing now that I worry about more is, oh, will Charlie be able to, you know, go to the bathroom in between our flights? And so it's really great because my husband will just like sit me down with the bags, with the carry-on. He'll run out through security, walk him, come back through security and just be there for me. And he's really good at talking me down. It's like, hey, we missed this flight. That's okay. Right. (laughs) We'll find another flight. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So for me, I think most of the stress comes from planning and getting it all ready and thinking, okay, is a rental car going to be there? Will this plane be delayed? Or are we going to miss the flight? What's going to happen? You know, flying itself, I'm a little bit more in control of my emotions, but everything else that can go wrong with travel. Right. Kind of a mess. Yeah, yeah. I guess like once you're already there, you're like, I've already packed everything, so I don't need to worry about that. And yeah, if you have your rental car and your hotel, that's already set. So coming home, I guess, is the easy part. Yeah. And plus it helps that I can focus on Charlie when we're flying because I'm so worried about him and making sure that he's good and he's comfortable that I forget about all of my stuff. Mm, That's good. Yeah, that's helpful. So is there anything else you would like to add or like to say before we wrap this up? Hmm. There's so many things I could say. (laughs) I think you really have to listen to your body when it's trying to tell you something. So when I met my husband, I had been, we had been talking forever and we just started to kind of do these trips together and travel together. And I explained to him, I'm not a great traveler. I'm a very anxious person. I suffer from panic attacks. So I was very upfront with him right from the beginning because after my terrible relationship I dated and for some people I didn't tell them that I had this issue in my life. Mm. And so when it would come up, they were kind of blindsided by it. And they're like, whoa, this chick's crazy. It's like, no, no, she just, she's going through some stuff. She'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure I was upfront with my husband when we were dating of this is what's wrong. And so we were in San Antonio. And at that point I had been off of sugar, caffeine, and alcohol for or no, sugar and caffeine. I reintroduced alcohol, but I hadn't been involved. Like I hadn't had any of it in probably two years. Wow. So I was in great shape. Yeah. <laughs> so we had this San Antonio trip. I was just having so much fun. And so we went and we had coffee. And that was the first time I had had coffee in a year. I think a year before I had tried a coffee and it didn't work out well. I was mm. like, you know what? I'm feeling good. And we've been walking a lot. We've been walking all over San Antonio. I should be able to handle this. The coffee was okay. And then we started drinking margaritas that had sugar in it. Mm. And that night I had a night terror and I'd never had 
a night terror before. So that was a brand new wow. symptom that I didn't realize was associated with my panic attacks. Right. And I was convinced that my now husband was trying to attack me and trying to sexually assault me. Ooh. And so I woke up crying and I was yelling at him. I was like, get off me, get off me. And he thankfully knew what was happening to me. And he had to be very logical. He's like, all right, Emily, I'm fully clothed. You know, like I'm fast asleep. You need to walk me through, like, tell me what happened. Wow. But imagine this poor guy <laughs> being woken up in the middle of the night, being accused of rape. And he's like, wait, what is, what is this chick doing? What's happening? But thankfully, because I've been open with him from the beginning, he knew that that could be what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always changing. And sometimes the symptoms don't always make sense and they don't always connect. So you have to, before you jump to conclusions and think, okay, no, this is the time that I'm going to die from this. Like, no, it could be another symptom of what you're going through and what you have Yeah, was super embarrassing. (laughs) I hadn't had an, I'd never had a night terror before. Wow. That's like some extreme patience on his side. Because I feel like even if he knew that this could be associated to your anxiety and panic attacks, that he would still be like, I'm not doing anything. Come. I don't know. The fact that he was able to like shut everything down and like not make it about him and just be there for you is like, that's good job, Gershom. (laughs) Yeah, right. But he's really good at that now too. Like he's able to, if I'm extra irritable, Mm. he's like, hey, how much sugar have you had today? Do we need to go for a walk? And that was something, the walking is a huge deal. So this is another thing that I learned. When you feel anxious, doing a high intensity workout may not be the best thing. Uh. Sometimes it's great for people, but for me, if my heart rate is already going and I decide to run on a treadmill, I'm just going to make that so much worse. So I need to do a very low intensity sort of thing. So yoga doesn't work for me because I immediately start thinking about a million other things. <laughs> so I need to. <laughs> so walking really works. And so I will walk and walk and walk until I feel like I've worked through whatever is causing anxiety, whether it's burning off the sugar or it's just doing something while I'm thinking whatever stressor it is and thinking it through so that I can manage it. Right. And he's so understanding. There'll be nights where it's 8 30, 9 o'clock at night. I'm like, hey, we need to go for a walk. And he doesn't question it. Like, let's go. You know, he'll pack up the dog and we'll just start walking and we'll walk in circles around the neighborhood sometimes until it's good and I feel better. Mm -hmm. Or I make him play just dance with me for hours on end. (laughs) There you go. So Gershom is also your emotional (laughs) support animal. He is. Yes. Also, one of my stressors. He's ah! got a crazy stressful day. So that's true. Bomb squad is probably not great for your stress. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like, hey, I've got a call. Okay, should I be worried? It's like, no, no. Okay, okay, sure. I'm just not going to worry about this. That's that's fine. As long as you say I don't have to worry, I won't, because that's how I work. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just keep your location on so I can track your whereabouts. If you're near the hospital, I'm going to worry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then I'm, so then what, do you just like stare at your phone the whole time, tracking him? I try not to. When he gets the calls and sometimes it's at one or two o'clock in the morning and he has to go and deal with something. So I don't go back to sleep. I try to do different things and I have TV shows that I've watched over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. 
our other really good friend, Janelle, she actually sent me an article just recently and it said that people tend to rewatch the same shows because they know the ending and they find comfort in that. Mm. So that's, I will rewatch shows because I already know what's going to happen and it's not as stressful. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Because you also don't really like watching like scary movies or gory movies. No. Is that part of it? Or is that just because you're like, ew, why am I watching people get bludgeoned? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. (laughs) So (laughs) if I watch a scary movie, I have a harder time sleeping and then my mind races. Right. So I usually benefit from just go, 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 constantly keeping myself busy, no quiet time. And then I'm so exhausted that I just fall asleep. So it's not the best way to manage stress, but it keeps me active. Right. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I like to think of myself as a workhorse, but it's just avoidance behavior. (laughs) (laughs) That's the root of all of this. Well, thanks so much for um, sharing your story and letting us know what it's like to um, live in your shoes and have panic attacks eight times a day. (laughs) That was a a rough time. But you're out of it now. (laughs) Out of it now. I just constantly have to monitor what I eat and what I do. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's fine. Who needs sugar anyway? The room is on fire, but everything is fine. It's fine. All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. I hope the next couple of days of planning your uh, trip go smoothly and stress-free. Have fun packing. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks. If you'd like to get in touch with Emily, ask her some questions about anxiety or panic attacks and how to deal with it, you can reach out to her on Instagram at majorlyslow. And make sure you follow this podcast at My Immune System Pod on Instagram. I'm always looking for new guests, so if you have something you want to chat about, hit me up and I'll get you on here. Otherwise, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and rate it if you want to rate it five stars. I wouldn't be mad about it. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye.